Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Tony Dungy live in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. You won't want to miss that conversation. Demora Smith said some stuff on this show yesterday that got a lot of reaction. The first person we wanted to hear from was Tony Dungy. He was good enough to answer our call yesterday, and he's going to join me live in a half hour here. We are delighted with that. We opened this morning talking about LeBron James and load management. He's 36 years old, being asked to carry a lot of the load here for the Lakers right now with the injury to Anthony Davis, and the questions are all about whether the Lakers are in trouble. First and foremost, my VP of stats is my man Hembo, who is seated next to me, and he brings me a fascinating stat. Give me a stat about LeBron James. LeBron James, at the age of 36, like you mentioned, is averaging 35 minutes per game. I think everyone's sort of oddly freaking out about that. I assumed that was historically significant. But it's really all not that um, historically significant. In fact, there are 15 instances of a player his age or older playing more minutes than he is right now. Will Chamberlain once played 43 minutes a game at the age of 36. Carl Malone did it four times at the age of 36 or older. Michael Jordan, in 2003, as a 39-year-old playing for the Wizards, averaged 37 minutes a game and played 82 games in that season. See, what they've done with numbers, and that's our fascinating stats, brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. What they've done with the minutes in the NBA is, is really something. I, I don't exactly... Look, there are, there are advances that have been made in the areas of nutrition, in the areas of, of, of all of this stuff, and... and um, sleep science and all of this, and, and all of it is aimed towards, one, longevity. That's the first and foremost thing. It is why LeBron is able to be the athlete he is at the age of 36. He spends a million dollars a year taking care of his body. And it also impacts the amount they've figured out, obviously, through a whole bunch of science and data that I don't know anything about. I'm not particularly interested in it. But they've obviously figured out that that is the right number of minutes for players to be playing over the course of a season. Because no one would have blinked at 35 minutes a game would have been a low figure for a star player through most of the history of the sport of any age. And... I, for one, don't like it, but I can't sit here. I'm not going to sit here in front of the train that is going to run me over and say, guys, we need to change this. I get that that's going to happen. The question is, are the Lakers in trouble? And the answer is absolutely not. Assuming Anthony Davis comes back healthy, and that's a big assumption, then it won't make any difference where they wind up in the standings. As I told you yesterday, they are the team to beat, inclusive of everyone, including Brooklyn. The Lakers will run through the playoffs and win the championship if they're all healthy. And if Anthony Davis doesn't come back healthy, then it makes no difference what LeBron James does between now and then. Whether he plays every minute of every game or none of them, they won't win the championship. So everything is dependent on Anthony Davis's health. Either he comes back and they'll be fine, or he doesn't and they won't. And I assume you feel that way regardless of what seed they are, correct? Correct. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we actually have our question of the day, which is about fans in the stands that I'm going to get to in a minute here and set up the phone calls. But I don't think there's ever been a time where home court advantage mattered less than it matters right now. Obviously, in the bubble, it didn't matter at all because it didn't exist. But even so, right now, it doesn't mean a lot. Maybe there'll be more fans in the stands by May. We'll see. But the two toughest tests they're going to face in the playoffs, I would think, are going to be Utah and the Clippers. Well, one of those, they're playing on their own home floor. <laughs> so it doesn't make any difference, really. No, I don't think it makes any difference what seed they are. They're not afraid of playing on the road. The Lakers will be the team to beat assuming Anthony Davis is healthy, and they won't be if he isn't, regardless of what else happens. All right, I did want to take one moment and address this video that went viral of Cam Newton and this kid at the camp. 
So I assume you saw it. Cam was a part of like a seven-on-seven football camp for high school-age kids, looked like. And um, this one kid in the video went viral, was sort of chirping at him, and they wound up having what could only be described as, as really an unpleasant exchange. And a lot of people were quite upset about it. I first became aware of it because Lewis Riddick was tweeting about it. And so I read Lewis's tweets and then I watched the exchange and I asked Lewis to comment on it on Get Up this morning. And I thought he was, mm-hmm. he said it beautifully as I knew he would. And then I asked Jalen to do the same. And so I would share a lot of the things that they said, first and foremost, about respecting your elders, about respecting people in general. And Jalen Rose brought up, if your defense of Cam Newton is, look at all the things he's accomplished, look at all the MVP that he won and all the money he's made, that you have it wrong just as much as anybody else does. That respect should be shown to people regardless of their obvious accomplishments, regardless of how much money they make. And I agree with all of that. But there's one other thing I wanted to say to add. They both said what they said beautifully and brilliantly, and I couldn't add anything of meaning to it. But there is a little bit, I think, of unsolicited advice I could add. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. My unsolicited advice is to everyone, and it is this. Stop bemoaning the death of decency if you aren't doing anything to promote it. All the hand-wringing over this kid, and again, let me be clear, I don't know the young man or his family or anything about them, but I've been an AAU dad for a long time. I've seen things at AAU basketball games being played by nine-year-olds that would make that exchange look like nothing. And I'm not talking about the kids. I'm talking about the parents. I'm talking about the dads threatening to fight refs who don't make calls they think that should be made in games being played by nine-year-old kids. And so when we consider decency in our society, let me point out, our children do not learn from the words we speak to them. They learn from the behavior we model for them. So if young people today don't seem to have the same respect for their elders, I will simply ask you, where do you think they're getting that from? They're getting it from everything they see that counts as discourse. What, 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 what constitutes discourse in this country today Social discourse, political discourse is a disgrace, an absolute disgrace to the concept of decency. That's where kids are learning this stuff. And if you're not modeling that kind of behavior, then you're contributing to the problem, regardless of what you're saying to them. Because there may have been a time when children would respond to do as I say, not as I do, but that time has long since passed. Our children learn from the behavior we model for them. So again, if you're one of these people right now on Twitter who's ripping this kid and ripping his parents, just make sure you're not one of those dads that I saw in the stands at nine-year-old basketball games, screaming at the officials. Because if you are, then in my opinion, you have forfeited the right to complain about the loss of decency in our culture, which is an enormous problem And it's one that I think is probably as big a concern as we could possibly have. And as far as this kid thinking he could do that, I'll tell you where he gets that from is from social media. Because on social media, everyone has decided they can say anything they want to anyone at any time. And there are no consequences. So in this case, it got captured on video and it went viral. Again, he's a kid. Kids do 
silly things. I'm a lot less concerned about him than I am about the bigger picture. So again, if you aren't doing anything to promote decency in our culture, you can miss me with how you're bemoaning the death of it. I'm not that interested. All right, question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Whole staff got mad at me earlier. The question is this simple, and I'm coming to you on the phones next. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Do you miss fans at sporting events when you watch the games? When you're watching games on television, do you actively miss the fans in the stands? Because the the staff and I have a disagreement. I have the question up on Twitter as well. We will take your calls on the question of the day next, and then Tony Dungy live after this on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you. Bon Jovi, part of the subject matter today. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, and Tony Dungy will join me live in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. But before he does that, I'm asking you to join me. The question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. And I have it up on Twitter. Do you miss the fans in attendance when you watch sporting events on television? I have over 25,000 votes. 75% say yes. The entire staff said yes. I say no. I don't miss it. In any sport. Not much. Like, in, in most cases, I think it's a plus. <laughs> Like in golf, not having people yell, get in the hole, or Baba Booey, like a moron. And I love Howard Stern, but if you yell Baba Booey at a golf course, you're a moron. I kind of like not having the fans there. I don't know. I feel like it, it declutters the situation. So let's see if anybody agrees with me. The phone lines are open right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. If you can get past Bubba, you can get on the air. And the question is, have you wa- do you miss fans in attendance when you watch these games? Bubba, who's Bubba first? Boo- Baba, who's first? Uh, we got Denise. Denise, you're on ESPN Radio. Denise, do you miss the fans in attendance when you watch these games? Hi, Greeny. First of all, I'm sorry. I meant to say hi, Bubba, and then hi, Greeny. Hi. I've been listening to you. Since. Love you guys. I do not miss the fans. There you go. At all. Thank you. And <laughs> what sports do you tend to watch the most? I am a lifelong NFL fan yep. and a hardcore member of the nation. Okay. 
Fair enough. Thank you, Denise. Thank you for being the first reasonable person I've talked to. See, I think this is one of those, you know, they talk about imprecise polling or inaccurate polling. This is one that I think it's very fashionable to say, oh, yes, I miss the fans being there. At NFL games, how do you even notice they're not there? Like, when do you, do you really miss the cutaway of the guy not wearing a shirt at Lambeau when yes, it's negative eight degrees? I do. I don't miss that at all. I'd much rather see the sideline. I'd much rather see the players on the field. I'd much rather hear the interaction between the players. That's way better. The piped-in noise. Hearing what the, what the players are saying to each other is much more entertaining to me and insightful than it is to hear the, a bunch of drunks. Uh, who is next up, Bubba? So far, we got one reasonable person. Yeah, we got one, and now we have Donnie. All right, Donnie, you're on ESPN Radio. Do you miss the fans at these games when you're watching on TV? Greeny, love you, love the show. I got to say, I do miss the fans a little bit, and I usually agree with you, but with the March Madness tournament, I got to say, a stadium not full of fans, I just feel like would be devastating. What sport do you watch the most, Donnie? I watch football and baseball would be the two most popular sports. So it bothered you watching football? Did it interfere with your your engagement with or or enjoyment of the football game at all, not having fans there? Well, I have season tickets to the Jets, unfortunately, to That's say. Different. But I, no, I, hold on. I would That's like different. to have gone to the games. I got you. No, Donnie, let's not, let's not get this confused. Obviously, going to the games is something we all love and we all miss. That I get. I'm talking about watching the game on TV. You notice, you, you, act, you actively notice the fact that there were no fans there? I do not. Like I said, for football, I, I, can, I can deal with it. But I, to my point... I just feel like I, I feel like you have to agree with this for the March Madness tournament coming up without having a full stadium of those crazy college fans. I just feel like for the tournament specifically, it would be hard to watch. My response to that is we'll see. Donnie, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. I watch college basketball. I watch the Big Ten every week. I watch the game. Obviously, I watch my, my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. We're going through a losing streak. I never noticed that there were no fans in the game. I watched Michigan-Ohio State this past Saturday or Sunday, I think it was, before the golf came on CBS, and it was a phenomenal game. Did you watch it? Yes. Did you game. ever notice there were no fans there? Did well, it make any difference? Yes. I mean, I, we've gotten used to it, but at the same time, I could have gotten used to it while also missing it. I missed it very much. College, like those on-campus facilities, like when those fans go crazy, uh, Nuno mentioned UNC Duke earlier, that makes a huge difference. None to me. In the viewing experience. It makes no difference huge to me. Difference. I didn't miss it at all. I was watching the game. I loved it. I like being able to hear them talk to each other. You can hear the communication between the coaches and the players, the players and each other, the officials. I kind of like it. Let me get another one here. Bubba, who's next? We got Pat. What? <laughs> what do you mean, what? What Pat. name did you just say? I can't understand. <laughs> did you understand what word he said? <laughs> <laughs> what word are you saying? I'm saying Pat. P-A-T. Okay, Pat. Sorry. What you, I, it, I can't clear. understand you, Bubba. We just need like to get I to- said Donnie last time, and you said Donnie. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I think we've identified the problem on this show, Bubba, and it's you. But that's neither here nor oh, there. Oh, is that it? Pat, you're on ESPN Radio. Pat, do you miss the fans in attendance when you watch these games on TV? No, not at all. Don't even notice it. I like it better this way. Camera angle, you get to focus on the game and just that. So when they go, before they go to commercial, yep. you get to see the players reaction, what they about to do before the timeout, whatever, something like that. So yep. it's better off without the uh, fans. Pat, that is an outstanding call. Outstanding. That is exactly right. 
And this is what I will say, Bubba, as, as we will. I, I wish I had more time to take some more of these because I think all of you, especially Bubba, you, you're sitting there like, oh, I think that the politically correct thing, the right thing to say in this circumstance is, oh, I miss terribly having up 30,000 drunks yelling and screaming and trying as hard as they can to interfere with my enjoyment of this. When in reality, it's nice just to watch the game, to hear the people who are playing in the game and not to have to put up with all of these ancillary distractions. I mean, I basically am I'm closer to you than anyone else. I basically said I don't mind it. I'm fine with it. I just said in a vacuum, yeah, I'd rather have the fans back there. But. I know, but I can't understand your words, and that's, thus I was frustrated <laughs> with you and thus taking it out on you. I would like <laughs> you in this T-A-T. break, I would like you to cut up, bring back as a drop, the word you said <laughs> in that moment, and you tell me any human being alive could There's have understood. No way you couldn't understand me that I said Pat. I couldn't. No, if you had said Pat, I would have understood you. You went, and literally no one in the world, no one on planet Earth knew what word you were saying. I looked at Hembo and he gave me an expression like, 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 I don't know, like one of the three stooges when they needed cheese. There was under no circumstances <laughs> did anyone understand you. Anyway, we're going to get much more serious in a minute. Tony Dungy is going to join me. D. Smith said some stuff on this show yesterday that got a lot of attention. And the first person whose response you wanted was Tony. And he's going to give it to you live Next, don't miss that here. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greenie, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. A really busy day we have working here on ESPN Radio, but we have saved the best for last. I, I want to set this up appropriately. We had Demora Smith on yesterday, who's someone I've known for the 12 years that he has been the executive director of the NFL Players Association. Uh, and he is, a, he is by nature and by the nature of his job a combative person, and he says... I find fascinating things all the time. But he said something yesterday that not only took me by enormous surprise, but got a lot of attention in a number of different places. And the person, the immediate person I wanted to respond was Tony Dungy, 
who was good enough to answer the phone when we called, and he jumps in with us here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Tony Dungy. Hey, Mike. How are you, sir? Well, I'm great, and thank you so much for, for, for being there here for us on this because I, I don't know exactly what to expect your reaction to this being, and I'm looking forward to it. So let me set it up for everybody. And again, to, to sort of put Tony's history into place here, when we talk about the issues of minority hiring and NFL coaching, it really all began, at least in my consciousness, with Tony Dungy. When I first started covering sports in this business, Tony was the super high-profile coordinator who kept getting passed over for these jobs. Long before Eric Bieniemy or anyone else came in the conversation, there was Tony. And then, of course, he got his opportunities with great success in Tampa and then won the Super Bowl as the coach in Indianapolis. But so I asked uh, D. Smith about this yesterday, Tony, here And the question I asked him was, what are you hearing from your players? What do you hear from your players with regard to their concerns about this? And um, his answer really took me by surprise. Here is what DeMora Smith said yesterday. The referees have a union. The players have a union. What comes from that? There is transparency. There is accountability. There is a system by which everybody knows um, how how hiring and and firing occurs. So, um, look, Gene did a did the yeoman's job trying to unionize assistant coaches. They never wanted to do it. Um, I made the decision during the lockout that if they didn't want to do it, this union wasn't going to support them anymore because there has to come a point where coaches, assistant coaches want diversity and want fairness just as much as I and the union want for them. But you know what? I'm not sure it works if we want it more than they do. So, um, as you can probably imagine, Tony, that got a lot of attention when he said it, and you were the first person whose reaction I was interested in. Tony, what what did you take from that? Well, I I would say this. Number one, I don't think that's accurate that the coaches didn't want it. I was an assistant coach at that time when Gene was doing a lot of things. There were roadblocks put in, and there were uh, other people who didn't want the assistant coaches to unionize. Uh, and, And then to say that assistant coaches don't want diversity uh, and don't want upward mobility just because they don't have a union. Uh, that That's not, uh, I, I don't think that's accurate either. So I, I, I think I would take a little odds with, with both of those statements. Well, what were the roadblocks? That, that's because he referenced this uh, attempt to unionize the coaches and its failure. What, what if you, I didn't know you would live through it. What were the roadblocks? Uh, oh, it was the ownership saying, hey, you know, you can go down that road, but it, you, you're going to be better off. Uh, staying with what we have and, and how we do things. And, and I, I think the ownership didn't want coaches unionized. And there were uh, not, not necessarily overt threats, but there were, there were notes passed that you, you better not get involved in this. Right. So, again, I, 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 I will not try to speak for D. Smith, but I think that what he might say to that is that if this is a problem that is going to be addressed in a collective way that – regardless of the owner's unhappiness with it, that this is the best way to actually get transparency in the process. Yeah, but unionizing the, the coaches is not going to bring about diversity. Okay, that the diversity is going to come from individual decision-making, uh, from the owners and the general managers and people in those spots. And I think what the assistant coaches have said and what all coaches have said are, you know, where are the players' voice in this? Does, does, does the Players' Association have anything to say about this, about who is helping them be the best they can be? And uh, are uh, the, the 
diverse people being represented in the coaching and the general manager? And does that matter to the players? And if D. Smith is saying it doesn't matter unless you have a union, uh, I, I don't think that's the right approach. I'm going to put Tony on hold briefly here because we're having some trouble with the signal and the staff is telling me it might be clearer for the audience if we put him on a phone line here. And so we'll pause briefly our conversation again. Tony Dungy is with me here on ESPN Radio. In fact, I'll continue it in 30 seconds. Let me get this done here. I have 30 seconds from DraftKings for you. Let's let the staff get Tony on a better phone line and we'll do that. You've heard me talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Well, it's simple to play. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code GREENY. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code GREENY to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Delighted to continue with with the great Hall of Famer, Tony Dungy, who's with me here. And so again, Tony, I'm, I'm in the unenviable position of trying to imagine what D Smith would say here. And, and obviously I don't know any of the things he knows and can't speak for him. Um, But I think as we talk about what role the players play in this, I I guess he's asking if, if there was some organized, I guess what I'm saying is we've arrived at a place, Tony, where we all recognize there's a serious problem here. It doesn't seem to be getting any better, despite what I feel are good faith efforts on the part of the league to address the problem. And D is offering something that might take it to a different place. Does that seem reasonable? And and if not, then what is the right place? Yeah, and and everyone can have an opinion about what's the best way to attack this. And if D Smith feels like the coaches unionizing is going to be a a better way, um, you know, I, I guess that should be investigated. But um, I, I think the point the coaches are making is, you know, what do the players have to say about this? The players have talked a lot about social injustices, and uh, they, they've been very open about things that happen outside the football field. And I think many minority coaches are saying, hey, there's some injustice going on right in, in the National Football League. What do they have to say about that? We'd love to hear about that. So, uh, and, and I'm not putting it all on the players. They, they, they shouldn't be the ones totally responsible for this. But I, I will say that players making statements and saying, you know what, this is, is not right. And Deshaun Watson saying that, um, hey, there, there's some people who should have been interviewed here for this job. That, that had an impact. Um, and players don't know how powerful their voice is. Well, yes, and, and and that seems to be at least part of the reason that might ultimately um, result in Deshaun Watson leaving the Houston Texans, Greeny and the great Tony Dungy. And I see here that you have a new roundtable about minority coaching hiring in college football that is available. You and Peter King, I believe, were involved in this, and, and it's available on NBC Sports website. What can you tell us about that and the degree to which, how do you see this issue as it pertains to college football coaching as well? Well, we, we did one uh, on an NFL roundtable with Rich McKay and Jim Caldwell and Michael Smith, and it, it was fantastic. I think it uh, shed some light on a lot of things that are going on in the NFL and how the hiring is done, and, and Rich McKay was fantastic. I had been away from college football for years, so I didn't know that much about it. Mike Loxley uh, came on with us, Tyrone Willingham, and they get, and gave me a lot of insight into what happens in college football and what some of the mechanics are that are a little different than the NFL 
And uh, that's just coming up on NBC uh, Sports Digital. So I, I think that'll be very informative for people, too. But uh, the, the bottom line is, you know, people have to make decisions about what's going to make the game the best. And right now, uh, you can not have minority coaches. And we're going to be fine because there are so many coaches available, very good coaches. But if you disregard a group of people, you aren't going to have the best. Um, and, and that's what, to me, we should be looking for. How can we make the game the best it can be? There was a time we thought the game was very good in the 40s when we didn't have any black players. And we found out that the game was better when we included everybody. Uh, there was a time we didn't have black quarterbacks, and we thought the game was really good. But would it have been as good as it is now with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, if we still held that, that value that, hey, we were okay, we didn't, we didn't have black quarterbacks, but we really had a good game. Um, no, we, we want to see the best. And that, that's what I think everyone is saying here. Yes, clearly. And, and again, Tony Dungy is with me. That's one reason to do this. The other is that it is just obviously uh, the right thing to do. It's just, it, it's just it, it goes any reasonable person would look at this and say it is just obviously in every way the right thing to do, in addition to being something that you might benefit from doing yourself. So uh, to me, there's every reason in the world why this shouldn't be a problem, and yet it continues to be. And so, and so Tony, I guess I would just ask you in closing here, and again, I always appreciate you being willing to pick up the phone. What is the right answer? If unionizing isn't the right answer, and we all recognize this to be a problem, and, and again, I, I believe, and I think you do too, that the league is taking good faith, genuine efforts to try and, and address this. What is the answer to this problem? Well, unionizing might be good and it might uh, solve some issues and some problems, but the bottom line is that hiring a, a manager, a head coach, it's subjective. And there's no objective measure that says, hey, you put in 10 years and you do this and you win this many games, you get this job. It, it, that's not the way it works. It, it is still subjective. So we're going to have to open the, the minds and the eyes of the people doing the subjective hiring. And again, what's right hasn't seemed to work. So I think the way we've got to attack this is show people how you can make things better, how you can have an opportunity to improve. Um, and, and maybe that will open the door. But the other Point and and where everybody's driving with the players, hey, your voice is heard. And if if the players complain a little bit, or the players say, hey, we need this to happen, uh, that's going to give a little more impetus. It's Tony Dungy, who again is always there with me whenever um, there are questions like these to be answered. Tony, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Best of the family, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. All right, that's Tony Dungy, and again, that that was. I really didn't know what to expect from that. You know, sometimes being a broadcaster, especially when you've been doing it as long as I have, is a little like being a lawyer, or at least it is like that first thing they teach you in law school. I didn't go to law school, to be clear, but they always say in a court of law, as a lawyer, you never ask a question to which you do not already know the answer. I've been doing this so long that very rarely... Will someone say something to me that genuinely surprises me? When D. Smith said that yesterday, I was genuinely surprised. I hadn't thought of that. I was not aware of what Tony just described, of a movement. I had not been aware of Gene Upshaw trying to do this whenever it is that he tried to do it, and I was not aware of what Tony just said, of the roadblocks that were in place. 
and look, it is it is a commonplace reaction of management to try and impede um, labor from unionizing for any number of obvious reasons that you don't need me to explain here. So that does that part of it doesn't surprise me. But I did, I was not aware of the history of this year. So I don't know. I just sit here as a reasonable person thinking to myself, objectively and obviously, it is the best thing for everyone. It is just the right thing for everyone to have the same opportunity to get these jobs. And the fact that this has been so disproportionate says there's a problem. It just to me, it stands to reason there is a problem here and something needs to be done. And I do believe that the league has taken good faith efforts to try. I think that the Rooney rule, whether it is perfect or not, whether it has accomplished its stated goal or not, I think its intentions were honorable. I think they're the right ones. And I think that the people who run the National Football League offices are genuinely trying to address the problem. But at the end of the day, this is up to 32 individual people for the most part. And, and that's what Tony just said. And, and there is so much sort of subjectivity in this. Because it's not like, you know, being a player is one thing. Like, how fast do you run? How much can he lift? How much can Okay, blah, blah, blah. Third round pick. In coaching, these, these things, there's, an, there's, there's, there's a lot more art than there is science to this stuff. So this, unfortunately, I think will continue to be a problem as we go. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Let's, let's lighten it up here, and let's go back to our question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Because I was heartened. I was encouraged and heartened by the phone calls that we took at the beginning of this hour. And let me set up for you what the question of the day is. I put this up on Twitter. And the question is, when you were watching sports on television, do you miss the fans being in attendance? And the collection of frauds with whom I work, (coughs) i.e. hashtag Hembo, hashtag Bubba, and hashtag Nuno, all joined into this chorus of saying, oh, yes, of course, it's terrible. We miss the fans horribly because they're just kissing up to the fans. When in reality, you don't miss the fans. I don't believe you. Hembo, I'm looking right at you. you think and I'm I don't lying believe about you. this? Yes, I, I feel strongly about this. You missed. You were, give me a game. Give me, give me a sport that you were watching that you were missing the fans. I, like I said, many college football games. I turned off college football games this year because the atmosphere was not satisfactory. You turned off college football games this off. year because there were no fans Correct. in the stands? I, I, there was like a Pac-12 championship game at night with no like – no, like it, it was just the players, no fans, and I turned it off because I was not satisfied – with then the you know what I would say? What would you say? You weren't interested in it to begin with. I was mildly interested to begin with. Well, mildly is, I think, the active word in this sentence. If you were interested in the sporting event, I would maintain that it makes no difference, none, if there were fans in the stands or not when you're watching TV. Again, this is not a statement about going to games. I love going to games. I have gone to games all my life. That's all I've ever been as a fan. I, I miss going and I miss taking my family to these games and I look forward to doing that again. But I can tell you at no point have I been sitting watching television. I'm watching a playoff this past week, a two-hole playoff, sudden death at Riviera between two fine golfers, great, you know, not household names, but Max Homa and Tony Finau. And at no point while I'm watching this was I thinking to myself, boy, it'd be great if some idiot just yelled Baba Booey while this guy is hitting right now. He's hitting a shot in one of the most famous holes in the world, the short par 4 10th at Riviera. And if only there was some drunk knucklehead who yelled, get in the hole. As he hit it, that would really enhance my enjoyment of this event. That's so charming, that Baba Booey. Like, th- that, that fan, like, that stuff. Baba is... Thank you very much, Baba. That's not charming. Very charming. And let me make it 100% clear. I love Howard Stern. 
I don't know Gary Delabate personally, but I like him and I like this show. And I, I, this is not a statement about Baba Booey. It is a statement about the behavior of idiot fans at sporting events. I'll add to that football. I prefer this. And I will tell you why there, Bubba. Because when you're watching a football game and you actually hear the, when Tom Brady is calling out the signals now, I hear it. I hear what he's saying. I hear who he's pointing to. You don't have to listen to it when NFL films and hear how they were mic'd up on Wednesday or Thursday on Instagram. I can actually hear it live. I, I think I get more out of watching these football games. Bubba, how about that? Well, I would agree. I think for NFL is the one that you need the fans the least there. I think you're right on for that one. I don't think I missed it the least for NFL. I don't think you need who cares for that. Yeah. And basketball is the one that Nuno, that's where this whole conversation began. Because Nuno was watching Celtics. Was it Celtics Pelican Sunday you were watching? And you told me that during that comeback, during the mad dash of a comeback in that game, you missed the fans being into it. Well, no, that that's what brought the idea up because you actually heard the fans, the limited amount that were there, they were getting into it. Not only that, as a Nick fan, and I know is they're actually pretty good right now. So I feel like fans deserve to be there, right, to root that team on. Like there would be an extra energy at places like the Garden when teams are good or battling that the fans give it, and you miss that. Once again, you are conflating two things. The fact that fans deserve to be there, the fact that the players would like it and feed off it, the fact that, in fact, they might have a better chance of winning, all those may be true. But as I sit on my couch watching the game, I will tell you right now, I don't even notice anymore that they're not there. I really don't. I don't even notice it anymore. And I don't, I don't understand why anybody does. Well, 75% of people agree with me. I, I absolutely do not believe 75% of people. So, so the reason Hembo is saying that, and it is true, let me refresh my poll here and see how many votes I have. Give me half a second to hit that again. So on my Twitter poll, at ESPN Greeny, I have 25,274 votes. Oh, and it's closed. So that's the final results. 75.2% of people say when watching sporting events on TV, do you miss the fans in attendance? 75.2% of them said yes. Is that, could that possibly be basketball? It's got to be basketball. Because the fans are so close to the action. There's so much a part of the action. I believe the players miss it. Oh, yeah. I believe the players miss drawing the energy from that. I believe that. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. There's something about it. The only time I miss it in golf is when a great shot is hit and the ball sort of rolls up, nestles like six inches from the cup, and there's just crickets. I mean, utter silence. It's eerie because golf is the one sport where they can't pipe in noise. Right. Like in basketball, you're hearing noise. They're actually piping in the sound of fans being excited. Like, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. If you didn't know they weren't there, if you, if you just somehow woke up right now, if you had been asleep since the first week in March last year. I would have preferred that. And you put on a game, yes, in many ways, and you put on a basketball game right now, and no one told you there weren't fans there, and you just heard it the way it's being presented now, and you saw it the way it's being presented now, how quickly do you think you would notice there were no fans at this game? Immediately. Oh, I disagree totally. I like the human element. I'm putting the over-under at the th- middle of the third quarter. Middle of the third quarter is the over-under. I would have already changed the game because I would have been so bored without the fans there Then watching. you weren't watching it in the first place. You <laughs> didn't care in the first place. If, if, you, if, if, if the fans not being there is the reason you're not watching, then you weren't interested to begin with. It was just one way of passing the time. 
It is like going down a YouTube rabbit hole and finding yourself, unbeknownst to you, watching an impressionist you've never heard from in the 70s on The Tonight Show. Johnny Carson is laughing at someone I've never heard in my life, imitating someone I've never heard of in my life. That is not as good as watching a basketball game without fans. Who's Johnny Carson? Thank you for the... (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. (laughs) Greeny, the podcast.